turn to the book of Galatians. This um, particular passage may be one of the most practical and helpful um, little sections of Scripture that you will find in the building blocks of growth. I've called this Bible passages for spiritual growth because these are foundational ideas uh, when it comes to spiritual, uh, our, our spiritual walk with God. And um, I, I hope that this, this passage will be helpful to you. What I'd like to do is begin by reading it, and let's just walk through it and try to see uh, where the help is and how it can help us understand um, our perspective, understand what God is doing, understand uh, how we should walk with Him. All right, let's begin with prayer. Father, we ask you give us guidance and wisdom. As we look at your word, we thank you so much for it. We thank you for its direction in our lives. May we be obedient to it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, take your Bible, Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7. says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of faith. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. What he begins with, look at verse 7. I'm going to write up some stuff on the board here and draw some a little bit today. He begins with a warning. What is his warning? Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. There's a big warning there. What, what is the temptation that we have? Do not be deceived. God is not what? God is not mocked. Do not be deceived. When you see a warning, you have to ask yourself, okay, he's saying don't be deceived. That leads us to the, the fact that this is a difficult truth, one that we could easily be deceived by, one that you could be tempted into thinking you could avoid or overcome. Why else would he say, do not be deceived, unless it was something that people get deceived about, right? So he says, do not be deceived. You can be deceived. People always think they can overcome the system in one way or another. They can think they can trick the system, get away with doing less and getting more out of it. But the Bible gives us this warning on the front end. Don't think you can cheat the system. You cannot get away with this. You cannot mock God with this. And so there's two different ways people are often deceived. First, we can be deceived by others. Um, it's very easy to get deceived by others. So I remember uh, uh, kids telling me things when I was growing up, hey, if you do this, this will happen, and, and believing them. And I'm sure we all have millions of stories. I used to have a, the famous fan, family stories that when I was a little boy, I once told my mom, I said, don't touch that tree. And don't, well, if you touch that tree, just don't say cookies for sale. And she said, what are you talking about? I, well, my neighbor, the neighbor boy down the street, his name was Rick, Rick Hall. I don't know where Rick Hall is today, probably in jail. Uh, but Rick told me, uh, he told me, he says, if you hold on to this tree, it was a little twig. If you hold on to this tree and you say cookies for sale, a bolt of lightning will come out of the sky and strike you. You better believe I never did that. Um, it's but ridiculous, right? He deceived me and I was scared of that tree for a ridiculous thing. I mean, that's a silly example. Um, my, my family still today makes fun of me for that because I believe something so stupid, right? But hey, think about it. Do we not believe stupid things too? 
We buy into stupid things all the time. And he says you're going to be deceived if you're not careful. We are often deceived by others, but we're often also uh, self-deceived, aren't we? Deceived by ourselves. Because the thing about being deceived by yourself um, is that sometimes you, you know you're doing it. Other times you don't know you're doing it. Your, your twisted, d- d- dark, sinful heart can convince you that doing something is reasonable or right or okay when it's not. Okay? So be not deceived. God is not mocked. Okay, if you, there's a couple ways that people might try to outwit, outwit this truth and be charged with mocking God. The first way people mock God relates to their open defiance of his command. So sometimes people are openly defiant against God. God says, you shall not, and they say, yes, I will. Okay, that's open defiance against God. Um, some people do this and do not immediately get judged, and so they think they're escaping judgment, right? If a police officer tells you not to do something and you, to his face, do it anyway, you're mocking him and his position, right? You're saying, you can't tell me what to do. You don't have authority to deal with me. You don't have the courage to deal with me. And that's how some people deal with God. God says don't do something, and they look at God in the face, so to speak, and they disobey him directly. But God sees it all. And for us to mock God, to act as if he's not seeing it, is wrong for us. The second way people might try to mock God, and I've kind of mentioned this a couple of times already, is they think they can work the system. Do you know what I mean by this? What do you mean by work the system? Outsmart God. Okay. Manipulation, right? How do we do that? Why do people, how do we people fall into that trap today? What do you think people do that they think that they are outwitting God? Okay, so in the garden. Okay. Yeah, or, well, technically, have you ever heard that before? Technically, and it's like the, the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law kind of a thing. Uh, my brother, when he was, uh, when we were um, little one time, he, he was, we, were, we were supposed to be taking a nap, and he took his pillow, and he just hit me in the face. And uh, we were, had two beds in the same bedroom, you know. And so, of course, like any child, I said, Mom. <laughs> and she comes down, and I said, Joe, hit me. And she said, Joe, did you hit him? He goes, no. My pillow hit him. I, did, I didn't hit him, you know. Technically, all right, technically. Um, we have to be careful. This is, a, this is a way of mocking God. You cannot leverage this principle we're going to talk about against God either. Okay, you cannot use the, what we're talking about, this truth, this principle of sowing and reaping. You cannot leverage this against God to work it to your advantage either. Um, so God has a, uh, has, has just, God is a just God. We know justice because we have a just God and you cannot work the system and it not come back to backfire. So what, that's the, that's the warning. Let's look at the truth. This is really the focus of it. Okay. What's the truth? The truth is you reap what you, what you sow. Okay. Foundational truths. We're talking foundational biblical things here. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Okay. 
For verse 8, for he sows to his flesh, will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. We've got here a metaphor, right? It's got language that's first agricultural. So let's talk agriculturally, and then we'll talk spiritually. When we talk agriculturally, when you plant it, anybody in here a farmer? No? Okay. Anybody in here, in here have a garden? We have some gardeners. Good. When you plant a seed, okay, we plant the seed. This is very important. The seed that you plant will produce a certain fruit. Produce, a, you know, a certain fruit. So apple seeds produce apple trees, which produce apples. Orange seeds produce orange trees, which produce oranges. So certain seeds produce certain fruits, okay? Um, it, the second truth here is that, let me see if I can make sure I get it right. The second truth relates to time, that it takes time for a seed to turn into fruit. Okay, so the first, the first principle we're gathering from this is that certain kinds of seeds produce certain kinds of fruit. The second principle is that this process of seed to fruit takes time. Nobody plants a seed, turns around, oh, there's a fruit tree, right? It doesn't work that way. You plant the seed, and then you look, and you watch, and you wait, and you wait, and you water, and you fertilize, and you water, and you wait, and you wait, and finally you get a tree, and then finally you get fruit, and then finally you get the produce. So it is a a time process, okay? Um, and, and then the third one is maybe less obvious, but I think it's just as important, is that the fruit, okay, so we've got the seed here. This is a, let's see how good my apple is. This is going to be really rough. Okay, you got your little apple with the, okay. There's your seed producing your apple. That's very lopsided. And, um, the seed which produces the apple, this is very important. The seed does not necessarily look like the apple. So what you plant does not always look like what comes out. Right? But it does come from that. You see what I'm saying? So watermelon seeds don't look like watermelons. Apple seeds don't look like apples. In fact, watermelon seeds and apple seeds don't look that much different. But you plant them both, you'll get two totally different totally different fruits. So, spiritually speaking, let's work through this again. The seed you plant will produce a certain fruit. And we're talking about spiritual seeds. When you, spiritual seeds, when you do good things, you should expect naturally good things should follow that what you, re, you reap what you sow. So, as you plant spiritually good things, you will produce spiritually good results on the other side. So if you want a good relationship with God, you've got to take time studying the Bible, reading the Bible, praying to Him. Um, good thing, Bible reading, good result, knowing God. And I, and I think that that's just a foundational thing, okay? So plant the seed, see the results on the other side. The second principle, the time, it takes time for what you do to produce spiritual results. Just like you're not going to plant an apple seed, turn around and there be an apple tree, you're not going to read your Bible on Monday 
and turn into a spiritual giant on Wednesday. Okay, we should expect time and maturity to be a process. And that's nothing surprising. Um, and you need to commit to truth because sometimes we're impatient, right? We want it to happen now. We want the fruit to hurry up. And the third thing is that sometimes the spiritual fruit that you reap might look different from the seeds you planted. So look at the verse at the end here. He says, he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. So we have two different categories here. We have sowing to the flesh and sowing to the what? Sowing to the spirit. If you sow to the flesh, what will you reap? Okay, corruption, which we actually have talked about this word a couple times as it relates to Ephesians chapter 4. What does the word corruption involve? What is it talking about? Decay, the opposite of life, things that break down, destruction, corruption. Okay, if you sow to the flesh, if your seed you produce or seed you plant is the flesh, you can be sure that you will reap corruption. And the corruption you reap probably won't look like the seed you planted. The seed you planted might have been a lot of fun to plant, but the corruption will not be any fun. Okay. Um, and it will not happen immediately. Uh, there's a famous line from Hemingway when he wrote, he said, uh, they talked about somebody who went, uh, I think it was um, The Sun Also Rises, that one of the people went bankrupt. And they said, how did you go bankrupt? And he said, gradually, then suddenly. Right? And that's the way it is here. It's gradually, then suddenly. It's like, whoa, wow, all, all the bills come due at once. And, and it's this it's this that happens. You know, it may not look like this, but time, give it enough time, and this will produce corruption. If you sow to the flesh, you'll have the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll have the spirit reap what? Everlasting life, right? Can, can you get more opposite than decay and eternal life? They're complete opposite spectrums. So you have two choices. You're going to sow to your flesh. You're going to sow to your physical body, to what pleases your flesh, or you're going to sow to the spirit, what is in accordance with God. This is what uh, we love Ken Collier at the Wilds. A lot of you know Ken. He coined that term. He says there's only two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. This is what it is. Every day you have to wake up with a decision. Am I going to please God? Am I going to sow to the spirit? Or am I going to sow to the flesh? So this is the spiritually speaking what we're talking about. And the result is that you will either reap corruption or you will reap eternal life, everlasting life. There are two, there are two sides of this. And if you sow to the flesh, you will reap decay and corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. Um, what does it look like to sow to the flesh? What are some things people do that, so, you don't have to be super specific, but give me some general ideas of what does it look like to sow to the flesh? Drinking and drugs. Yeah, like if you're going to go to the, 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 yeah, the, that side, it's like uh, partying, right? Drinking and drugs and escapism, right? You don't want to deal with your problems, so you hit the bottle and you just forget about it for a night, right? Um, relationships can be that way too. Um, anything can be like, yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, it can chip away your thought life, what you think about, what you meditate on, uh, can determine or does determine your direction in life and will eventually turn you towards sin or away from the Lord. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Ernest. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, there's a delay. Yeah, that's very good. What verse is that? Ecclesiastes. What chapter? Chapter 8. 11 and 12. I'll look that up. Yeah, I mean, excellent. Um, this, this idea of sowing to your flesh, when you want to just boil it down as the most simplest form, is, is, is doing what you want rather than what God wants. It's what do I want versus what God wants. Um, early in the morning, when you hear that alarm go off and you think to yourself, I could have 25 extra minutes of sleep or I could have 25 minutes in my Bible, what does your flesh want in that moment? Snooze button, all right? <laughs> just hit the snooze. It's so easy. It's so easy to just, to just put it off. Why do it now when I can do it later, right? It is, it is hard to get up and open your Bible and pray and ask God. To, but you know what? It's worth it because little by little, you are, you are planting good seeds. Yes, sir. Right. Therefore, the first component of my thinking is I will be Christ-like. Mm. Whether it's hitting the snooze button or not, there's even a decision point that this is relating to about what produces over time. I'm going to be Christ-like. I'm going to be yeah, you make that decision. Yeah, you have to make that decision to be Christ-like, absolutely, um, and that decision will work itself out. I want to. I thank you for that. I wanted to. I want to point out one thing that that maybe I want to tie into what you're saying there. Let me let me just draw a diagram. Okay, think about this with me. If if you make um, a bad decision, if you make some bad decisions, okay, if you sow to the flesh, let's just use axes for that. Like you do a bunch of sowing to the flesh in your life. And then you confess it, and you're like, Lord, I, I, I confess my sin. I am going to start sowing to the Spirit. I do a couple uh, of good weeks of sowing to the Spirit. I am going to church. I am um, with good people. I am doing the right thing. I'm making good choices. I'm not sowing to my flesh. Um, what's what's going to happen? What happens with these things uh, that you sowed to the flesh? Do they just go away? See, that's the thing, is that whatever man sows, he will reap. And so sometimes, depending on timing, something comes due. Um, and, and you have been sowing to the Spirit, and you face a battle. And you say to yourself, why, why did I have this? Why did this happen? And I don't have another, I can't think of another example, to use, another uh, image to use here. But I'm trying to think of the, 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 um, the, uh, the results, the fruit of that bad behavior might come after you've been doing good stuff. And you might say, it doesn't work to do anything good. Right? You might give up. You might say, oh, it doesn't work. Because obviously, I'm doing good stuff, and what did I just get in return? Bad stuff. But see, remember, the result, the fruit doesn't always look like what you planted. So you may not even make the connection. You may not know what, why things are happening, but God knows. And so sometimes this happens, and you just have to, what, what, if you are struggling with your faith in this moment, 
What, what do you need more than anything else is you need somebody to come alongside you and encourage you, right? Just say, keep going. Keep running the race. Keep working hard, which is why if you look at verse 9 and 10, and then we'll take some questions. That's why he says this. Can somebody read verse 9? Who wants to read it? Go ahead. Oh, look at that. Do, therefore, let, let us not grow weary in doing good. Do not get tired while you're doing good things. For in due season, there's your timing. If you wait, we shall reap good, is the implication, if we don't lose heart. But sometimes what happens is we lose heart. We, we are doing good things, and then something bad happens, and we think, Ah, doesn't work. Yes, sir. Can we change that uh, to the word temptation? Which which word? After the check mark. Uh, here. Yeah. All of a sudden, now you're going to get a temptation that's going to come from the fruit you sowed earlier. Possibly, I'm even thinking broader than temptation. I'm thinking very broadly, even to like consequences. 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 You might you might have consequences for your like so. Um, you know, you, you, you wasted years of your youth doing foolish things, and um, you were out carousing one night as a 17-year-old, and um, you were in a car wreck, and you were fine, and then you're in your 30s or 40s, and all of a sudden they tell you, yeah, you're going to have to have a, a knee replacement, and it's going to put you on your back or whatever. You're going to have to, because of that wreck that you had when you were 17, that is still having. Now, did you repent? Yeah, you probably repented, and you probably confessed to the Lord, and you were trying to be right with God, and you've been following the Lord. You may even be in ministry or something. You know, you may be doing, trying to do your best, but, but guess what happens? What you sow, you'll reap. So, it, it, it'll, it'll come back in one way or another in many ways. Now, God can have mercy. I'm not saying He won't, but I'm talking more of consequences than temptations, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, Ernest? Yeah. And being an intravenous drug user for all those years. You know, and, and dealing with that population a lot of times, you know, there are things that come back, whether it's medical or legal, and, and, have to, and I had to encourage him, look, you know, you got to keep going, you know, just keep standing for the Lord, you know, just give up, you know, because it's, it's a principle. You know? let, me, let me even expand this a little bit more, and then I'll get to you, Charles. Let's just take this out of the realm of drugs and alcohol and, and whatever, and say, what about just talk about your marriage right now, if you're married, okay? I've, people say, man, we used to really, like, get along. We were happy. And uh, when we were first married, like, we, we really liked each other. Like, we were, we were friends. And then, and then I, I don't know what happened, but, like, after a few years, we stopped. Like, we didn't spend, you know, we don't like each other anymore. We get angry really easily. It, what happened? Well, think about all the good seeds you were planting as you were courting your spouse. Think about all the positive things you were doing to love your spouse to, or before you were married. Like, to, to intri- like guys, would, you, you sit and you listen. 
right? And you're like, talk to me about your day. Like, you're, you're interested, and genuinely so, and you're a spouse, and you are doing things. You're buying her things. You're taking her on dates. You're like taking long walks on the beach. Like, you're doing things intentionally. Then what happens is sometimes after you get married, you kind of get comfortable, and you're like, well, I, I don't have to do that anymore. We're married. I got this. And you stop planting good seeds, and then what happens is all the fruit of that good seed starts to dry up, and you look around and say, wait, what happened? It's just a, it's a biblical principle, but it's very, calm. It's, it's very easy to see how that happens in, in, our, in, our, in our relationships. Uh, Charles, go ahead. You turned the same corner. I was going to turn. Oh, good. Even once we're saved, we still live this. Oh, yeah. That could be as simple as, hey, I'm eating more than I'm exercising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it could be, I don't have a good balance between work life and family life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, think I, I like to think back that in our, I think it's as I get older, I, I see this more, that the thing, you see the long arc a little better as you get older. And those of you way older than me, you can say, yeah, yeah, it just keeps getting more and more clear. But like as a young person, I remember talking with friends and just having to believe my parents when they said, it's dangerous to do this. Don't go drink. Don't, don't drink. <clears throat> don't go out with these people. They're not they're not safe. You know, don't, if you do that, you're in a bad, you know, you get a job and work and do these things. And okay, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but I'll, I'll do what I'm being told to do. And, and I have seen over my, even in my life, in uh, people's um, uh, decisions they made at seven, 16, 17, 18 have, have, have really, you know, the, the, they didn't necessarily immediately have a consequence. This is the whole point is that sowing and reaping is not an immediate thing. It's not like you, 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 you curse God and then you get struck by lightning, right, immediately. It's that, it's that over time, what you reap, you will sow. And it's a principle that is, is just baked into how the world works. Yeah, Tony? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Or, yeah, we may never even know how the opportunities we miss. Yes, Helen, go ahead. Yeah, and we and and I remember Jenna worked with a guy uh, when we were in Greenville, and he had to take garlic and all that stuff, and he had a bad, bad liver. His skin was orange, and he had just and he was young. He was not even he was maybe forty. You remember? I don't. He may not even been forty. But he had lived such a hard life, and that just caught up with him. And, and, and that this is just a biblical principle. And, and why, now do you see why he says, be not deceived, God is not mocked? Because what do people think they can do? They can get away with stuff. They're like, well, it won't bother me. It won't affect me. Yes.
Yeah, it's, and what she's saying is, is especially applicable for those of you who have kids and children. You're thinking, how many times do I have to tell you the same thing over and over and over again, right? I mean, that's what we all, those of you who parent children, you know that, you've, you've experienced that, you know that feeling. And, and the, but the, the principle is you keep planting that seed, you keep planting that seed, you keep doing what you're supposed to do, and God will take care of the increase. God will take care of it, and he'll make sure um, that what you sow, you will reap. Now, like I said, um, it may not, the, the, the reaping may look different than what you sowed. It often does, but it will come from that same source, and it will be, it will be godly, it will be spiritual, it will be, it will be good, it will be from the Lord. Other comments or questions or thoughts? Uh, the blanks at the very bottom is don't grow weary, don't get tired, keep doing good things. Um, and so, um, my kind of my takeaway here at the end is that sometimes I think, and this is one of my themes whenever I teach on spiritual growth, I think spiritual growth is a whole lot simpler than we tend to give, you know, we tend to think, we tend to overcomplicate things. We make, oh, it's so complicated. Really, it's very simple. It's, it's doing the right things <laughs> and loving God. It's knowing God, loving God, and just obeying God. It's not overly complicated, keeping short accounts with God. Don't, it's not super, super, uh, you know, just just know the Lord, love the Lord, and do your very best to obey him. And you will see over time you will grow as you plant these seeds. And I think that's just something to teach your kids. Just plant seeds and, and don't expect to turn around and have them orchard right away, right? Okay, does that make sense? Super, super simple, super helpful, I think. It's one of my favorite passages to kind of make sure people connect with. And um, I hope this is something you can take with you this week and just commit yourselves. Don't grow weary in doing good. Uh, we, we notice that promise he says at the end, we will, we will reap if we do not lose heart in due season when the time is right. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are the household of faith. He's like, our job is to do good to people. So let's do that this week. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Thank you for these principles you give us in scripture that are so practical and helpful for us. I pray you give us a good night in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you.